Today's episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. Welcome everyone to the Republic of Football. I'm your host, Shahan J. Raja, the college football insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find us uh, at texasfootball.com. You can find us on Facebook, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find us on Twitter at DCTF or at DCTFCFB. We'd really love you to go follow that account if you wouldn't mind. And you can become a subscriber if you're not already at texasfootball.com slash subscribe. Well, as always, we got Ishmael Johnson in the house. Ish, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm so glad that there is nothing to focus on right now except college football. Listen, um, I, I knew know, going into this week, the biggest news of the weekend would be, of course, Rice versus UTSA. Uh, right. You know, I mean, I can't imagine anything else going on this week. Right. Uh, I'm yeah. just laser focused in on that game, obviously. Yep. Uh, I, I assume there's other games, too, or maybe other news events happening in the world, but I, sure. Right, probably not. Uh, probably not. Oh wait, uh, Ken Palm. Ken Palm released oh, his uh, right. his ratings. That 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 happened yesterday. Right, um, right. You know, we got right. three te- three Texas teams in the top ten. Baylor number yeah. one. Number um, one. That was that was probably the most major news I saw yesterday. Personally. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, it's not every day that the MLB releases its Golden Gloves awards. It's I true. Mean... Oh, I forgot. It. Wow, man. What <laughs> yeah. A, what a big news day for sports. What a, what a big news day. But yeah. You mentioned it. Uh, Ken oh, Palm- uh, uh, a head coach won an election uh, in Alabama. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, that was the Texas, biggest political news yesterday. Former Texas Tech coach, uh, I think it's pronounced, uh, I, I believe it's pronounced Cliff Kingsbury, uh, won his Senate race in Alabama. <laughs> so, you know, we're. Former, uh, former Cincinnati legend. Former uh, Cincinnati. Uh, Tommy Tuberville? It's Tuberville, but. Uh, Tuberville. No, it's, it's it's Tuberville, sir. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, election <laughs> election uh, broadcasters definitely don't know. Um, and <laughs> look, you know what? You know what? Uh, I think that I think that we should just let them figure it out on their own. <laughs> sure, I, I'm okay with them just like just constantly getting his name wrong for like the next six years. Uh, and somebody else pointed out. Uh, it's going to be the first time in his career that he's going to hold a job for six years. <laughs> so how about that? Oh, I should have said former Texas A&M defensive coordinator, Tommy Tuberville. Was he really? I didn't, for one I, year, 94. Oh my gosh. I don't think I even knew that. So how about that? <laughs> See, there's tons of college football connections in this state. But um, anyway, uh, I, I do want to uh, say real quick, Three Texas teams in the top 10 of Ken Palm. Baylor at number one, Texas Tech at number six, Texas at number nine. Uh, so, look, if you want to know all about these teams, you got to pick up Texas basketball uh, at texasbasketball.com slash store. Obviously, the number one team, Baylor men's basketball, is on the cover of the magazine. We've got a cover story on them. Uh, it's going to be an exciting year. You know, I know this is the Republic of football, but I think that we can take a quick aside and point out that uh, – Look, we might not have a whole lot of national title contenders in football right now. We're going to have a few in basketball. I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is going to be a lot of fun, especially I think Tech was a little bit surprising to see a little that high, but I I know uh, uh, Jamarius Burton's clearance from Mm -hmm. the NCAA is a big, big boost. So, Um, and then I guess just the continuity of Chris Beard um, just does a lot too. Um, but yeah, I was really excited. I was really surprised to see them not only ahead of Texas, but really inching close closer to that top five, top three than uh, than I expected. 
Yeah, I'll admit, um, I don't know as much about Ken Palm's methodology as I do mm-hmm. about some of the other places, especially because, you know, again, there's just so much turnover in college basketball. Like, I don't, sure. I, I don't know his inputs quite as well, but obviously, I mean, he is the standard, you know, so <laughs> if, if he says a team is going to be the sixth best team in the country heading into the season, you know, they're going to be. Who might have doubt him? Yeah. Right, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it's going to be a fun year. Uh, anyway, we can get back to football now, obviously, now mm-hmm. that we've moved past, uh, you know, Senate races and Ken Palm. But, but uh, some scheduling news as well. So first of all, UTEP's game for this upcoming weekend against FIU, unfortunately postponed slash canceled. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to make it up. Uh, I do have to mention, it was set to be UTEP's first game since 2016 that they were coming into as favorites against an mm-hmm. FBS opponent. So that sucks. But yeah. uh, it also obviously makes all the sense in the world that the game would not happen this weekend based on what's happening in El Paso. Uh, on the flip side, a whole bunch of scheduling news for some games that were previously postponed. So December 5th, uh, Southern Miss is going to play UTEP in El Paso. Rice is going to go on the road to Marshall. Those games are going to be rescheduled. Uh, And then on December 12th, UAB is going to go and play Rice, and North Texas is going to go on the road against UTEP. So UTEP's going to get two games back that they lost earlier in the year. you know, they said earlier on that uh, that they were going to prioritize trying to bring back divisional matchups. And so both of these games against Southern Miss and against uh, North Texas for UTEP are, of course, divisional games. Um, and Rice is actually going to be a cross-divisional uh, cross game. But again, I mean, it makes, it makes sense that they're going to try to get some extra games in there for Rice because obviously they, uh, they missed a whole bunch of games to start the season. So season officially going until December 12th for Conference USA, which you would assume pushes their conference title game officially to December 19th, along with, I assume, a whole bunch of other uh, conferences as well. So that's all the scheduling news that we have. That's all the news that we have. We're going to go ahead, get straight into games. So starting off, SMU going on the road to Philly. Anything happening in Philly this week? I don't know. Uh, To play against Temple. 11 a.m. on ESPN Plus. Man, you're going to put SMU on ESPN Plus. What disrespect. SMU is a 17 and a half point favorite heading into this game. Hmm, what are you thinking about this one? Because I, I, I will admit, I know nothing about Temple. Yeah, uh, I do believe, I'm, I'm trying to pull up their schedule right now as well. I do believe they haven't played a whole ton of games. Yeah, they've only played four games. The results, not good. Uh, their last result was against Tulane, a 38-3 to loss this past weekend. Oh, boy. <laughs> that doesn't seem good. <laughs> that doesn't seem good. Uh, I think it'll be a good test. Uh, Temple has historically had a pretty good defense. Um, I, Based on the numbers, I don't think that that has lasted so far this season. Mm, okay, see, this is, this is interesting. I think that their starting quarterback, Anthony Russo, was out last week, and obviously he was a big-time player for them uh, when they played against the Texas schools last year. Mm. Uh, and he has been ruled out against SMU as well. So, bad, bad news for Temple. Um, obviously, SMU, you have to win by three scores to, to cover this line, so that's going to be quite an ask. But I think that SMU is that much better in Temple, and I also think that they're going to be able to put up some points. So, again, like I was saying last week when they headed into the game against Navy, I want to see uh, Ulysses – oh, my gosh, Ulysses Bentley and Tyler Levine have big games in the running game. And if that happens, I think that SMU can cruise. Yeah, I think basically the same. Um, I don't see any reason to believe that Temple can 
hang with SMU. Um, they, I mean, they barely, they weren't even able to hang with Tulane, which not necessarily a team that's able to, you know, run it up. Um, and I, I mean, they're, they're, they've had like okay games. Like they played Memphis okay. They played Navy okay. Um, but nothing to where I'm really concerned about what SMU could do. Right, right. And again, you just see that humongous drop off when Anthony Russo drops that lineup. Yeah, so, exactly. uh, so, you know, if he's not going to play, I don't see what, what Temple does any better than SMU. So moving on, we've got Texas versus West Virginia, 11 a.m. on ABC. Texas, a six and a half point favorite heading into this game. And I'll tell you what, after the big win against Oklahoma State on the road last week, what would be less surprising than than Texas going and suddenly turning this one into a football game? Using all that momentum to go nowhere. Um, <laughs> golly, yeah, I'm I'm really curious because I mean, obviously Keontae Ingram is out, correct? Uh, I believe so. Let me let me see if I can find that. Okay. I'm yeah. not saying he's a. I'm not saying he's a make or break for this game, but he's just obviously somebody they're not going to have on offense. Right. Um, right. Yes, he's out for a few weeks. Okay. So that's a not insignificant piece of that team gone. Um, and yeah, I, I just to me, what other than Sam Ellinger being Sam Ellinger, I don't know what else to believe in with this team. Like, unless Joseph Osai comes out and has another monstrous game, which and, I think he could. He could absolutely, right? He, he, he's that good. But, I mean, again, we're asking – last week was historic, and we're asking him to do historic again. He can be really good. But I don't know if we're – and especially the offense, too. The offense wasn't good either. But Sam Ellinger, and that was it. Like, that's, that, was the only way, that was the only way you had to explain last week was just Sam Ellinger and the other team turned the ball over. Um, uh, I don't know if it's enough to make me pick West Virginia outright, but – I'm not confident. Like, I don't know. Even after last week, I'm not confident for Texas. Yeah, I think Texas is going to win this game. But here's the thing that you point to, right? Texas has won three conference games so far. Two have been in overtime. And then, obviously, they played Baylor well. And Baylor does not look very good right now. So, the question is, do you think that West Virginia is better than Baylor? Which, obviously, I mean, we got to see them play. I think that you feel pretty good about that. And the other thing, too, is that – you know, I think that West Virginia's offense has been a little inconsistent, but, you know, when Jared Dagey's able to get going a little bit and when his receivers are able to break away a little bit, West Virginia becomes a much more dangerous team. And I think that Texas's defense still hasn't proven that they're going to stop the big play. So if West Virginia hits on a couple of these, I, I think that that's trouble. Now, again, I don't think that West Virginia is going to win this football game. I think Texas is going to win, but – it might turn into another situation where you have Sam Ellinger with the ball in the fourth quarter needing to go down and score to win the football game. And look, against the teams that uh, Texas had to do it against so far this season, other than Oklahoma State, which again was a good win, uh, that's a little disappointing. Right, yeah. And especially considering, you know, Texas Texas defense has had success. When, it, when it's had success, it's had success against quarterbacks who turn the ball over. And that's not necessarily Jared Dagey. Um, he's not somebody who's clumsy with the ball. He can be a little bit unambitious, but I wouldn't say he's somebody who you would bank on to throw the game away. Yeah. And you know, he's had a little bit of issues with fumbles if I remember right, but like he hasn't thrown a lot of interceptions and, and Mm -hmm. look, I think that, uh, I think that Texas used all of its fumble and really turnover luck last (laughs) week. 
So I look, th these things usually refer back to the mean. And if that's going to happen, I don't know about that. So, uh, so again, I picked Texas to win for sure, but I think that West Virginia covers that line. And it ends up being like a three or four point game because that's how basically every single Texas game has gone this season. So moving on, uh, whew, uh, 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 2 p.m. on ESPN Plus, Texas State versus App States. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to say if there is one thing that Texas State does better than App State's. Do I have to answer? Um, <laughs> all right, hold on. Let me, let me see. Let me see. I, I have my answer. My answer is that they retain coaches in the year 2020 better than App State's. Because App State because has App State's coach. coaches are are too good to <laughs> stay keep, there. They keep getting Power Five jobs. <laughs> oh, that's a good. That's a good one. That's a pretty good one. Um, golly, that is a question. <laughs> they so, shuffle quarterbacks better <laughs> than App State. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, Zach Thomas, unfortunately, has locked down that position for App State, so who even knows who's behind him, Ooh, right? I got it. Seth Keller is the best kicker in this game. Ooh, all right. Yeah. I like it. Uh, I like uh, it. I'm looking at it right now. Chandler Staten for App State is 50%, three of six from field goals. Mm -mm. Seth Keller, four of five. <laughs> Yeah, uh, just to oh, read through, just to read through their results real quick. App State beat ULM last week, thirty-one thirteen. Beat Arkansas State, forty-five seventeen. Lost to Marshall, and Marshall looks really good. Obviously, beat Charlotte, thirty-five to twenty. I don't know what in this exactly you can point to and say, "Oh, Texas State, maybe maybe this is the the mismatch. Maybe this is the advantage." Because I, I just don't think it exists. So, uh, ESPN's matchup predictor gives App State an eighty-eight percent chance to win. Uh, yeah, the, the line is 17 and a half. Mm -hmm. So that is part of the question. And, and obviously the thing that you say is that Texas state has done a pretty good job of staying in games, but yeah, I don't know. So, so special teams really is a thing, right? Like I can't, yeah, I, yeah, I joked yeah. about the, the, the kicker and all that but uh app state does rank 95th in special teams sp plus texas state is 76th that is literally the one matchup where they're even remotely in the same ballpark because yeah. then you go from 106 offense to 118 defense for texas state and uh bu -bu 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 -bu, i gotta scroll up because they're so far ahead <laughs> uh 24th and 38th offense and defensive splits for app state in SP right plus. right so yeah again special teams they could swing a game right we've seen that happen but i just don't think that S uh app state's going to be settling for a lot of field goals to be able to warrant something like that so yeah 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 and by the way we uh spavito did announce that the quarterback position is uh, open so both McBride and Vitt are taking first team snaps this week so we will see who comes out of that cool I, I just cool. to me that's him saying Tyler Vitt's gonna start because I don't see why you would bother saying that and then just start uh, Brady McBride right so those are certainly some words so uh yeah again <laughs> Texas State one and seven right now I didn't yep. didn't think we'd be talking about things like this but we are. So anyway, moving on. <laughs> I think it's all we got to say about it. Uh, Houston 
going to Cincinnati, 2.30 p.m. on ABC. Cincinnati, a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. And I do have to mention, did you see that Randy Masters just committed to Houston? I mean, uh, to Cincinnati? I saw that. Man, sure. what a get. Yeah, sure, man. Yeah, he was, he was a kid who had all sorts of Power 5 offers, and he's like, you know what, I, I like what uh, Cincinnati has to say. So how about that? A uh, big pickup, obviously, for Luke Fickle and his staff. Like, what if Cincinnati had an explosive offense, too? Oh, man, I would hate that. <laughs> you would hate to see it for a team that's, what, number seven in the country right, right. now? Um, and actually, we did get to see a little of that last week uh, because they played against Memphis. They won 49-10. to 10. And Desmond Ritter, 21 of 26, 271 yards, three touchdowns. That's pretty good. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's pretty good. Oh, man. Yeah. It's uh, Cincinnati's getting even better, which, yeah, I, I definitely did not expect that to come about. And like right. I mentioned, the line in this game is 13 and a half. Houston has to go on the road as well, which, by the way, again, they, SMU played them two weeks ago. And SMU obviously is a top 20 football team and they lost 42 to 13 and they were mm. playing at home. Yeah, I uh, yeah. don't see the vision. I don't either. I see. So I see Houston being one of the better defenses, obviously they've played this year. Definitely. But I also <clears throat> trying to figure out a way to word this. So I thought we would. I thought. I thought we would get a lot of. Uh, or I think we found out a lot about Houston last weekend against uh, UCF. Yeah, I think that. I think we mentioned how we think Houston is good, but they are probably another notch below maybe where we thought their potential was or their ceiling was looking like during sure. times when they started this season, and that was against UCF. <laughs> right. 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 That was against a team with not a good defense. And a really good offense, and they really couldn't even move the ball on like an okay defense. Right. And now they're playing an incredible defense and a pretty good offense. And I, yeah, I, I don't see the vision either. I don't see how they move the ball consistently. I don't see how they stop the ball. They've been fi- Houston's been fine on defense. They've probably been a little worse than I think we may have thought. But Cincinnati's good enough to take advantage of that. Um, I feel like we're going to see something similar to what we saw against SMU. Yeah, yeah. And so, look, if, if Desmond Ritter's tra- starting to figure it out in the passing game, oh, that's, that's pretty scary, right? Because yeah. against SMU, he had a couple of big runs, but really most of his passes were within, like, seven yards. You know, like, most of his mm-hmm. passes were, were quick stuff. Um, yeah, I do think that, that Houston certainly has the ability to compete because I do think that they're more – complete of a team i guess you'd say when they're going than smu mm-hmm. but again going on the road uh you know clayton Toon coming off of his worst game that he's played this season by far i don't know it's just going to be a tough situation D- did we get an update on marquez stevenson too oh i did not see that yeah let yeah, me let I me don't see think i've seen one um he, he's out for the cincinnati oh, oh boy okay yeah, yeah. give me all the sense <laughs> yeah that's not the best news so yeah. uh yeah, I, I just don't think that Houston's going to be able to score enough on that defense to keep up. So we're, we're riding with Cincy here. So next up, we got TCU versus Texas Tech, 2.30 p.m. on FS1. TCU, it's kind of funny to me, a 9.5 point favorites in this game. Interesting. Yeah. What are you thinking on this one? That's interesting to me. 
So, again, you look at what they've done so far. They are two and three. They obviously went up big on Baylor before they weren't up big on Baylor. And they beat Texas by two. And other than that, they've looked pretty mediocre. Mm-hmm. Now, Texas Tech is, other than Kansas, the worst team that they have left on their schedule, obviously. Right? Like, mm-hmm. that's not in question. But that feels like a huge line for a team that has not had any level of consistency against anyone this season. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Yeah. yeah but... I, no, and, and I, I just don't know. Obviously, part of this depends on what you feel like Texas Tech's loss to Oklahoma meant last week. You know, right. whether, whether it's, oh, my God, this team's a disaster, or whether it's, oh, no, Oklahoma's figuring it out. And I tend to lean more towards the second one. But right. at the same time, I don't know. We don't have a good answer to that. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I agree with you on the what to take from last week, just because I think things were trending that way for Oklahoma anyway. And I think that for – I think for Tech, I mean, they were trending up, and for them to hit that wall, I think – doesn't the for them to hit that wall in that fashion doesn't to me isn't accurate of what they are um because you i mean going back to even hbu right where it was like okay why isn't why aren't they taking advantage of this fcs team okay they're taking advantage of texas okay here we go okay kansas state you know it was like it's been a progression and then they just hit last weekend it was a wall and obviously they make the qb switch the the, the, the week before they look really good and so like it's been a steady increase and so that that line does really surprise me because I don't I don't know if I've seen enough from TCU consistently to be able to figure out where they dominate I don't say dominate but I mean that's almost a double digit win margin like that's basically saying they it is yeah so they so they want they want them to be you know uh, convincingly uh, uh, favored and so I'm trying to figure out where the phase of the ball comes where TCU is clearly going to put this game away right and i think that the thought process is that their pass defense could do it but i just think that with the way that tech's playing on offense it's been very balanced and like i was about to say like i don't see i mean okay they take away the passing game so columbia doesn't throw for what 200 yards okay cool they have sir Roderick thompson taj brooks and they have columbia in the running game like tcu's we've seen teams get at tcu with the run game this year like that when you have a uh, reliably solid, you know, Sir Roger Thompson's really good, but we're still waiting to see from Taj Brooks, and we know Columbia's a threat in the running game. So, like, okay, those are three options you can go at this defense defense with if the passing game's not there. Like, right. I just don't see them being able to fully take control of a game like that. Right, right. So, look, I think that is the better team, and I think they'll win, but I just – that seems like a huge, almost unfair margin for TCU to have to cover – Right. against you know when they really haven't done it this year i mean again you look at even you look back at that baylor game right like for 20 minutes every mm-hmm. single thing goes right and they still only win by 10 points right like mm-hmm. i don't think things are gonna go quite like that i think it's gonna be more back and forth now tc might go on a run but like yeah they're not gonna go on a 30-0 run <laughs> i was about to say like even if even if tcu goes up 20 or 21 you have three scores in the first half like 
every game this season they've let teams back in right and like especially last week you know Baylor you know they get shut out in the second half and Baylor you know who looked absolutely dead in the water in the first half all of a sudden has life by the end of the game so I just don't see and then again this methodical way that Tech's moving the ball now I just don't see how TCU is able to shut that down completely Right, right. So moving on, <clears throat> my joking, not joking game of the weekend, Rice versus UTSA, 2.30 p.m. <laughs> this does, I'm, I'm going to get angry again. ESPN 3, come on. Don't, uh... give it, don't give me that. Don't give me ESPN 3. What are you doing here, man? Actually, uh, I'm going to ask you, can you guess the line of this game? Ooh, I'm going to go UTSA minus five and a half. Rice minus five. Rice minus five. Really? Yeah. I was a little surprised. I thought that it would either be more of a pick em or that UTSA would have a slight advantage. But right. wow. I guess I guess they're really buying into what we saw last week against Southern Miss. And should they? I mean, like I, I it was a good it was a good win, but like again, Southern Miss is like a tire fire in and of itself. Sure. No, and, and that to me, right? Like I, I looked at Rice and how they played last week and kind of thought, okay, there's definitely something here, right? Like there's definitely right. something happening. But the other thing that you mentioned is that UTSA is about to play its ninth football game and Rice is about to mm-hmm. play its third. Right. right? <laughs> like, and I think that obviously, I think that one of the things you look at is that, you know, can Rice take advantage of that same mismatch that, FAU was able to take advantage of of being able to kind of take away that passing game and and not sort of overplay the deep passing game and dare Frank Harris to make throws right because mm-hmm. I do think that some things have happened over the last couple of weeks against Harris that have made it clear that you know there's there's a strategy to being able to beat him and obviously I trust that Rice will find it if it's there but I, I don't know it's just such a this is a tough game for me because you have UTSA who's obviously had periods with where they've been rolling and then you've got Rice who has one really 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 positive data point and then one pretty positive data point and that's all we've got so far right and so I don't know yeah I I really don't have a good feel for this game I mean I I think that if you're going to give me five points in addition to UTSA I'm going to pick UTSA to cover that because I think it's going to be a close game I mean I, I think that Rice getting close to a touchdown feels like a lot for me for a team that we haven't seen very much. So I'm leaning UTSA, but I do think that Rice probably could be the better team heading into this game, but I don't have a, a whole lot of faith in that. Sure. No, that's hundred percent fair. Um, I think that the, if you're talking about the best unit in this game, I think it is Rice's defense um, probably by a good, a significant margin in my opinion, uh, based off what we've seen at least this year. Sure. But, um, like you said, we just know, look at UTSA's losses, like any of those games, like, are, were they supposed to win any of them? Right, right. Like right. heading into the year, were they supposed to be within like a touchdown of any of them? And they were, they had chances to win aside from last week, they had chances to win or at least, you know, make things really close throughout all of them. And so, um, yeah, like you said, that's a weird one because I just don't know what to take from Rice right now. Um, Although, again, they do look like the team we, we were hoping they would by the end of last year, this team that loves to run the ball with, uh, with Taviano and now has that balance with Collins uh, being a capable passer. But, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really curious to see because 
if this let's put it this way, I would not be shocked if Rice's defense does do something similar to what FAU was able to do, taking away the passing game, keying in on Sincere McCormick and really making him do everything, right? And coming away with a win. But I just I don't see it being that a touchdown, right? I see it being a three point game or even UTSA winning outright to make this a game. Sure, sure. So it's going to be a fun one. I'm going to be watching this one pretty closely this weekend. Uh, one that I don't know if I'll be watching all that closely is Baylor at Iowa State. <laughs> PM on FS1. Iowa State, a 14-point favorite. So here's my question with this game, right? I think that we all know that Iowa State's going to win this football game um, and probably cover. So yes. my question is, was there anything in what Baylor showed in the second half last week, or was that a TCU team that just kind of gave up? I think I'm leaning more towards that was TCU trying to sit on the game but not being good enough to sit on a game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely a fair takeaway, right? Because mm-hmm. now the, the thing that I'll say is that if what they take away from that performance is that we need to get Charlie Brewer out of the pockets – if what they take away from that game is we need more Squirrel Williams, if, if what they take away from that game is, you know, they, they have to play a little bit more gimmicky on offense to try to put Brewer in situations that kind of simulate more of that frenetic pace that he's used to, mm-hmm. then, you know, maybe there's something. I don't think that Iowa State's the team that you can do that against. I was going <laughs> to say, like, even, even against uh, – even though Brewer is more comfortable in those RPOs, like – you face a good defense like TCU, who's, who's speedy, and then I, you know, Iowa State's a better defense than TCU, and I, I, I think that's something that they're going to be looking for. Like they know that, you know, even in even in those RPO situations, he has limitations. And I, I, we saw last week that TCU wasn't afraid of anything he was doing, even when they were putting him in pretty okay situations, especially in that second half. Um, I don't think I thought I thought it was mostly like a kind of a death by a thousand cuts right where it was like you know a five-yard pass five-yard pass touchdown right it was it wasn't like he wasn't hitting anything over the top nothing was breaking deep it was just like they're just going to keep giving up these short yard passes and you know they already had a 20 point 30 point deficit to face so it didn't really matter and sure if you want to take that all if you want to use all your possessions on that in the second half sure go ahead you're still going to lose right so, I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. I will be curious to see. You know, I mean, we probably won't see it, but, like, I will be curious to see if we see any Gary Bohannon reps or any Jacob Zeno reps. We're um, starting to really get to, like, it's kind of ridiculous why we haven't seen those guys' territory. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's starting, to me, it's starting to get really, really weird. Like, okay, what is up with those guys to where we haven't seen any of them right now? And I guess the other question I'd have is, does the coaching staff think it's more their fault? You know, like, because mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's something that I was kind of thinking about earlier this week is like, do they really feel like, okay, we're just doing a bad job right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we need to get him in better situations, which obviously, I mean, big picture, obviously that's the case, right? But, um, but you know, do they think that it's less to do with his shortcomings mm-hmm. than with, with what they've been doing? Because, no, I mean, I do think it's been interesting because, you know, I've seen a lot of talk on, uh, on sort of Baylor Twitter of how is the how, – how are the duties sort of assigned between the, the offensive coaching staff? And it sounds like George Munoz, who came from LSU, has been more involved with the passing game than maybe was expected. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, do we get more Larry Fedora later in the season in the passing game? I don't really know. You know, it's just, it's hard to say what exactly is going on. And obviously then you throw on top of that, that, you know, they basically haven't had any practice. So I don't know. It's just hard to see what the path is for me to, mm-hmm. to Baylor sort of figuring this out against Iowa State specifically. Um, you know, in two weeks you play Texas Tech and maybe you see if any of that translates forward. But I mean, look, to end the year, you got Iowa State – then Texas Tech, which should be okay, but then Kansas State, OU's defense, which is playing well, and Oklahoma State's defense, which is very good. So when are you going to figure this out? You know, that's kind of what it comes <laughs> down to. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, all that to say, Baylor's going to lose, but uh, <laughs> that's where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a team that I don't expect to lose, Texas A&M, going on the road to South Carolina, 6 p.m. on ESPN. Texas A&M, a 10-point favorite heading into this game. Ooh, you want to see a game that's going to make A&M fans mad? Uh, because this has the makings of a game that A&M should stomp and that South Carolina is going to annoyingly hang around in. <laughs> I just, to me, I just, I, I see this written all over. I see South Carolina absolutely, because, okay, here's my thinking. Because we haven't seen A&M do quite that this season. Right, right, right. We've seen them. You know, Mississippi State's probably the worst team, maybe with LSU in the SEC this year, um, and even Vanderbilt. Like they, they've played two of the three worst teams, and they haven't really, really put it to them. Right. And against Mississippi State, it was that was never a game. Like I don't want to make it sound like they were in jeopardy of losing, but it's just not Jimbo or Anim's thing to blow out a team. And so I wouldn't be shocked if this is if if this is exactly like ten or if this is like nine or something because I don't know this is just this has the making and again it's a Will Muschamp team Will Muschamp teams are ugly like they just they want to play ugly they want to compete ugly and I I don't know this this has the makings of a game where like third quarter somebody's yelling why is Kellen Mon in the game he's you know we're about to lose or something. <laughs> So literally any Texas A&M football game. Fair enough. <laughs> but <laughs> let, let, me, let me read off the results that A&M has played in Columbia since moving to the SEC. Mm-hmm. 26-23 in 2018, when obviously Texas A&M won nine games and South Carolina was barely a bowl team. Mm-hmm. 24-13 in 2016. And then the one before that, Kenny Trill of <laughs> 52 mm-hmm. Yeah. So – that's what they've done in Colombia. Not not a whole lot of good, you know, in Colombia. And and even even you throw in the games in between that. I mean, last year they dominated South Carolina at home, but before that it was 24-17 and 35-28, right? So like this is mm-hmm. this is a team in South Carolina that's made a living on giving everybody else a headache. Not winning, never winning. <laughs> never <laughs> never winning, right? Never winning, but uh you know, just giving everybody a dang headache. And this feels like the perfect opportunity to do that. Um, you know, obviously, I think that I've talked at length before about Texas A&M at home versus on the road. They've been much worse on the road historically under Jimbo Fisher, like way, way worse on the road. Still, mm-hmm. you know, still good, still winning the game. But basically every road game, no matter who they play, is competitive. So, you know, there's that. Uh Anum's gonna win. Anum's gonna win easy, but like you said, it'll probably end up being something like exactly ten, and uh, and not a whole lot more than that. Yeah, I like you said. This is gonna, um, exactly ten, not more. Um, 
again, try to stay away from this game because <laughs> I don't think it's going to be very pretty. Um, even though I think AM's, I, I don't think the game's ever going to be in jeopardy, but I don't think AM's going to necessarily pull away either. Do you think that we'll see more Devin a chain in the game at running back? That, w- that was Ooh. something that I was really intrigued by earlier in the week. And, and I thought that he showed a whole lot of flash, you know, because they, they had put him there at wide receiver coming in. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I thought that moving him to running back was a really good fit. I think so. I think that they, they really did see something um, uh, last week against Arkansas. And they really do, like I said, like I mentioned last week, like having that guy who can spell Spiller for a couple downs like is so valuable um, when you're so dependent on uh, having a, a dynamic running back like Spiller. Um, I hope we do because, I mean, South Carolina is not a bad defense. They're not that great this year. Um, but they're not necessarily, you know, somebody who you're going to, you're going to really need to rely on Spiller. I think you're going to uh, be, you're going to be able to, uh, you can afford to get that balance in there a little bit more with, with somebody else. And I hope we do because he adds, man, he's such a gifted athlete. He's so shifty. And that's exactly what we saw last year for Ben Marshall and him just translating that over has been pretty impressive. Definitely. Definitely. So Texas A&M wins. It's going to be about 10. So yeah. Moving on North Texas versus La Tech 6 PM on CBS sports network. Huh, UNC's a favorite in this game. Minus one and a half. Sure. Don't know why, but sure. Um, <laughs> LaTeX hasn't been very good this year. They, they That's definitely fair. have taken a step back. And I guess the last time we did see North Texas, they were pretty good against uh, Middle Tennessee State. We finally saw who I assume now is the starter for the rest of the year, Jason Bean, because we thought he was the starter after week one. Then all of a sudden he wasn't. And then all of a sudden he was again. Um from the looks of it, it looks like he is, and it's, and based off the ceiling we saw against Middle Tennessee State, I, I just feel like this offense just hits a new gear. Um, I don't know if that's enough for me to have them as a favorite, though. I really wish we could have saw that UTEP game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I think that for me, so I do think Bean's the guy. I think that their offense has been really good with him in the game. Um I, I am curious to see against Louisiana Tech now whether he's going to still be able to have some success passing the ball because mm-hmm. that's really been his issue, obviously, is you know playing against better defenses and having to make bigger throws. You know, that's just not necessarily what he was brought in to do necessarily, but I think that you know, what he's been able to do in the run game has been big and it's really opened things up for the other running backs as well. And so – I think that I think that they're going to be able to move the ball a little bit. The question obviously has been that North Texas has had one of the worst defenses in all of college football all season long. Like yep. I think I think that they're uh, when I checked a few weeks ago they were bottom five in America. I don't know if they're still there, but uh, I mean that's that's the kind of stuff that you're talking about, right? They've been and, given. Let me see. They've allowed just on a pure on a pure yards allowed. They've almost allowed 550 yards total offense per game. Oh man, <laughs> it's terrible. That's that's a lot of yards. <laughs> if we're being perfectly honest, <laughs> that is a lot of yards. Man, for for comparison, uh, if you allowed, if you averaged 550 yards per game, that would rank you number four in America. Yeah, that would they, make uh, a better offense are... than Ole Miss, North Carolina, BYU, and SMU. Oh man, they are 116th right now in defensive defensive SP plus. <laughs> They are that's, horrendous. That's not going to do it. And yeah. I think that we've 
gone past the point where we're just saying, well, they have a bunch of linebackers out. That's not really the issue anymore, right? right. Like we're, we're past that. <laughs> and so, uh, and for the record, yes, they are out of 103 teams listed on, uh, on the NCAA's websites in terms of stats, they are fourth to last at number 100. So that's where we're at with them, right? <laughs> like, obviously, it just hasn't worked so far this season. So we'll see if they can get it done against Louisiana Tech. Obviously, Louisiana Tech hasn't been the best offensively this year, uh, you know, after losing a couple of key pieces over the offseason. But they've been serviceable. So I'll be interested to see whether uh, North Texas is able to get anything going. So expect points in this game. Uh, I still expect Louisiana Tech to win, but anything can happen. All right. Huh. How about that? We're already through the list. That, that went by pretty quickly, honestly. It, yeah. it's, I guess it's, it's better when you know teams, certain teams are going to be bad. We're just like, yeah, we don't need to talk about this. <laughs> right, right. I was going down my list and I was like, next one. Oh, that's it. All right. Sure. Yeah. I, I think it's funny too, because we only have two early games, right? We only got uh, SMU Temple and Texas West Virginia as 11 a.m. games. So you can have a slow wake up in the morning, not have to worry too, too much. And and honestly, yeah, I mean, that midday slate, I think, is going to be pretty good with Houston Cincy, TCU Texas Tech, uh, Rice UTSA, obviously, like I mentioned, the game of the weekend. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of a relaxing slate, you know. We've had a couple of really high-intensity, you know, high intensity, big game impact weekends the past couple of weeks. I think this is exactly what we need after this past week is just something a little relaxing. Right, definitely. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> so before we go, uh, thanks again to our sponsor, North Texas Honda Dealers. So, Ish, if there is one team this week that oh, could use some help from North Texas Honda Dealers, Honda Helpers, who are you looking at? Uh, I'm going to ask them to park it with Houston's defense um, yeah. because I think since we, we know Cincinnati's defense is going to be great, but Cincinnati's offense is finding its groove and – I'm really worried about what Houston's defense can do to stop them. So that, again, I'm really worried that that game turns out to be another SMU potentially worse because I think SMU has had the playmakers to, you know, fight back for a couple quarters. I don't necessarily know if Houston has that with Stevenson out. So I'm going to say send them with the Cougars. Yeah, I, I think that's great. That's actually what I was going to say too. And I was going to say, oh, man, Send send them another wide receiver. Send them send them a guy who can make some game breaking plays. Uh, you know, let them get to to Keith Corbin, give him some uh some good coaching, and uh, you know, make sure that he can get open down the field a little bit. Uh, I, I think that, you know, look, I'm not going to count Houston out of this football game because, mm-hmm. you know, when they've played well, they've played really well, like at, at a really high level. Um, it does obviously suck for them that they have to go on the road for this game because Cincinnati's not the easiest place to play. So mm-hmm. I, I do think that there is a path to victory to use another you know phrase that we'll hear in Ohio a whole lot <laughs> this week. I do think that there's a path to victory for Houston, but it does mean that they're going to have to hit some big plays and keep Cincinnati's defense honest. Because we saw two weeks ago when Cincinnati played against an even better offense in SMU, when they were able to kind of key in on the run there, it really took away SMU's offense. So we're going to need to see more than that from Houston. If you're listening to North Texas Honda dealers, make sure and send some help over to the Houston Cougars. But other than that, thank you so much to everybody for joining us. You can find all of our work at TexasFootball.com. You can find us on Facebook, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Again, like I mentioned, please follow our new college football account at DCTFCFB. 
We're having a lot of fun there. We're doing a lot of college content from there. Uh, so please give us a follow. And uh, you can find us on Twitter also at, at DCTF and become a subscriber at texasfootball.com slash subscribe. Anyway, thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back with you guys again on Sunday.